Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Need Some Introduction. In today's episode, we will be recapping the season finale of Yellow Jackets. At the top of the episode, I will have a solo recap of the episode, general opinions, and then a conversation with Sona in which we discuss some of the finer details, what we liked and didn't like in the season and in the finale itself, and what we think might be coming up in the next season. As always, make sure to subscribe to us so you know when new episodes become available, give us a review, and or recommend us to one of your friends, someone who might appreciate the conversation. In the feed recently, you've probably seen just this weekend, I dropped my review of the new Scream movie. And previously, in a Dexter recap, I had also included my history with the Scream franchise up until this point. And of course, in that same Scream 5 review episode, I had a conversation with Sona, a very entertaining conversation in which she spoke about her recent rewatch of the first two Scream movies herself. Also, you'll notice that we have started putting out musical episodes again and just recently covering the pivotal 1991 to 1992 chart week in which Nirvana knocked Michael Jackson's album out of number one. And a lot of the music that was happening, the trends, and how a lot of the music of the 80s was fading as alternative and other genres were peaking in the early 90s. Speaking of the 90s, of course, we're at the 25th anniversary in the, in the Yellow Jackets show itself. And there's a lot of 90s music in there. And you'll be hearing some of it. I'll be excerpting it here. And they have been using good use of music in general. And I do enjoy the music of the 90s. And I know there's been a lot of nostalgia for the 80s for the past few years. And maybe it's time that we start seeing more nostalgia of the 90s. I have a feeling that is going to be a trend. And if you are a music fan, make sure you check out previous music episodes in this same feed, where Ian and I discuss the career of Prince. We discuss Harry Nilsson. There's an episode that goes through Chris Cornell's career on the anniversary of his untimely death. And we also have episodes where we play covers for each other. I love covers because you get to see like the whole history of music and artist influences in little bite-sized snack packs. So track those down. It's all in the same feed. And I hope you find something you enjoy. And in my conversation with Sona, we will start discussing what our next recap show is going to be. So without that out of the way, let's get to the recap. I know what it's like. The numbness, the, the paranoia. Sometimes I look at the world around me and it's like all the light has just gone out of it. Maybe Travis just couldn't stand to live like that anymore. And maybe you need to start trying to forgive him. So the title of the finale is, and pardon my Latin, by the way, Sic Transit Gloria Mundi, I believe, more or less, <clears throat> which roughly translates to, thus passes the glory of the world. Now, a little bit about this phrase. This is actually the phrase used or previously used and perhaps maybe still used. I'm not 100% sure on this, on the swearing in of the new pope. And it's supposed to symbolize that the pope is relinquishing worldly pleasures but also symbolizing that worldly pleasures, the world itself is transitory, that this is a transitory phase. So what does it mean in the context of the show? And I'm assuming that you have, if you're listening to this, you have seen it, so spoilers, warning. But I think in a thematic way, these women have lost their connection to the world. This trauma of their youth has stolen those worldly pleasures from them. But more importantly, I think we are seeing Lottie rising to the head of this new religion. And for Lottie to rise, we need someone to fall. And the previous leader of the group, Jackie, is the sacrificial lamb here. But that's a transition we're seeing in this episode. 
So we open with, we see the girls. This is the aftermath of their doom coming. Teen Shauna, by the way, suddenly looks more pregnant. They probably upgraded her the size of her <laughs> pregnancy belly. And they're dealing with the consequences. They're kind of, it's, this is the aftermath of the crazy episode we saw last week, where there was many transgressions, all due, partially, at least partially due, to them being dosed by <laughs> Misty. In the present day, we do see Misty, and I really enjoyed seeing her at work. She's actually there to get the supplies she needs to clean up this body, Adam's body. But I liked seeing her interact with her coworkers. You know, she's super chipper and pleasant, but they don't seem to necessarily be annoyed with her presence. If anything, they seem a little scared <laughs> that she's there. So I like this little insight into what her interactions with her coworkers are. And when you need to dispose of a body, apparently you need to call Misty. She seems to know what she's doing here. She knows that home use bleach is not enough to dispose of a body. She's an online sleuth and she knows, she's read, she's seen all the documentaries. She's read all the blogs. She knows how to get away with murder. Misty shows up at Adam's apartment. She tries to be as chipper as she possibly can be about this body disposal. And you see, this is very interesting to see the women interacting here, all four of them together. Their same toxic dynamic playing out again. And they ask uh, Shauna if she knows how to dispose of a body. And this is further evidence that, you know, if there was any question mark, and I, I was mentioning in the previous recap with Sona that we're not even 100% sure if there was actual cannibalism, although it's obviously been hinted at many times. But I guess this is even more evidence to the case where she says, I know what I'm doing. This is just like riding a gross bike. <laughs> so she's back on that bike again, disposing of Adam's body, which can't be, I mean, she was in a a relationship with this guy and maybe even had feelings for him this can't be an easy thing for her to do and we do see a little bit of that later and then maybe this is the thematic point of this whole episode there's a moment here where there's a question as to whether they're all fucked in the head or if this is real and i think that's what we're trying to figure out as viewers as well right is this all something that's just happening in their minds are they just so messed up from all this ptsd from all this trauma that they are permanently damaged and this bizarre world they think they're living in is not real. This is all in their imaginations. Or is it real? And I guess that's what we're trying to figure out. And that's the thing that's messing with their minds the most. In the midst of this, also this continuing body disposal, Misty says something very funny, which she says, oh, I just got deja vu. Now, <laughs> I don't know if that's an innocent deja vu or if it's just like, hey, we've been on this road so many times. This is just deja vu yet again. Another great quote from Misty's. Then after that, I mean, what if an animal digs him up? What if a hiker's dog sniffs him out? Well, what matter? My torsos are useless. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> That's the whole point. You only have to worry about the head and the hands. So what's the plan with those? Don't worry about it. I'll handle that. Torsos are useless. Duh. <laughs> of course, we all know this, that as long as the head and hands are missing, they're really not going to be able to identify the body. Well, <laughs> Misty knows this for sure. Back in flashback again, I was surprised, by the way, I was going to mention this last week as well, but Van's scars are surprisingly stylish. I mean, she's not that disfigured by this. And I have a big question that she didn't get any kind of infections in her mouth. I mean, it's your mouth. No infections on the wound. But anyway, they must have done a very good job of stitching her up because she has healed pretty well. And uh, the scar is not even that bad looking, to be honest with you. Misty's kind of on the outs here in the same continuing flashback sequence because it's revealed that she was the one who inadvertently dosed everybody but inadvertently yes but why did she have the mushrooms and b once she saw the mushrooms going to the soup why didn't she intercede in some case i mean she could have just accidentally quote unquote knocked the soup off the fire and could have prevented a lot of this and then a very strange thing happens a bear wanders into camp lottie had already predicted that they wouldn't be hungry for long that she'd seen something this bear enters camp wanders directly up to lottie well or i should say lottie approaches but walks right into her and practically sacrifices itself to it just lays right in front of her and she stabs it in the neck and kills it. And of course, this gives them plenty 
of work to do, first of all, but also plenty of food to eat. Now, is the bear sick? This is not normal behavior for a bear. Or is there something supernatural going on here? And of course, Lottie has, most of the attractions with Lottie would lend credence to the fact that she has some kind of true vision, but we need to see for sure. Now we cut to the present day and the reunion is kicking off. This is the night of their reunion. The girls are literally, <laughs> you know, delayed from the reunion by the fact that they are disposing of this body. Their friend Allie, who didn't go on the plane, is emceeing this reunion. And she's saying some pretty crazy things here. She's mentioning how the 25 year is the sweet spot. 10 years, it's too early. 20 years, everyone's busy with their kids. 25 years, this is pay dirt. This is when the really juicy stuff happens. And I mean, when you think about it, this class and, you know, these girls specifically that were on that plane have the juiciest 25th anniversary story imaginable, especially when you consider the current context. Meanwhile, we see what are Natalie, Misty, Ty, and Shauna up to? Misty has gone to the funeral of the woman that she discovered had passed earlier in the episode. And no one seems to know her there. The family's like, why are you here? Who are you? She never mentioned you before. You don't know anything about my mother, the way that she describes her. But of course we know that she's there to dispose of the head and hands. She knows what she's doing and she put it into the coffin. So the girls are all, you know, I call them girls, but our protagonists are all traumatized anew. We see Shauna in the shower crying. I mean, she's probably the most traumatized by all of this. And of course, in the background of all this is the fact that this is also the night that Thaisa is going to find out whether she won the election or not. And she's assuming she's lost, given the polls and given her current confidence. In flashback, Ty and Van are having a conversation. Van is trying to explain to Thaisa that she saw something when she was between life and death. She saw a figure there. There was someone else with them. And Thaisa, who should know better because she's had supernatural visions of her own that she's trying to run from, is trying to rationalize what Van believes happened. But Van's not having it. I think something really, really scary happened to you. And you're trying to deal with it. I get that, but Van... I saw something, Ty. After it happened, I don't think I was dead, but I wasn't really alive either. I think I was like in between or something. You were in shock. Your body was... No. I know what I saw. I don't know what it meant. But I know I saw something. Something was out there with us. Okay, so... You had a near-death experience. Now you believe in what? Ghosts? Tree demons, <laughs> wood sprites, come on. Don't do that. I get that you're scared too, but don't act like you have any clue what's happening out here. Because you don't. Van says, I know what I saw, I know what I feel. Natalie's trying to deal with the fact that maybe Travis really did kill himself. He's messed up from what happened. She's messed up with from, ha from what happened. There's a very funny scene where Shauna runs into Randy at the reunion. And he tries to play it off like, hey, Shauna, how are you? And she's not having any part of it. And Shauna basically threatens his life. Shit. He told you, didn't he? If you ever tell anyone what the two of you did, I will fucking end you. I will gut you like a pig. And if they find your body, which they won't, it won't matter. Because you will be unfucking recognizable understand so you're mad then yeah 
Randy, I'm mad. And I can't be mad at Jeff right now, so looks like it's you. Thank you so much. I get that. But you're a good friend. You're a good friend. Because Randy did stand by Jeff, and Jeff was probably the perpetrator or mastermind behind this whole crazy scheme. So that's the duality of Sean right there. And then Allie trying to take the spotlight away from these girls, who obviously are the stars of the show, whether they want to be or not, has this opening speech where she talks about, we have been through so much, and let's talk about these heroes. And they play a montage to Enya's only time. You could just see that <laughs> nobody's comfortable with this. In flashback, we see a confrontation between Jackie and Shauna. We see this religious zealotry starting to grow within members of the group. And we see there's a factions that are in favor, some are not. The one who's most outspoken, and really, this is the end of the line for her, is Jackie, who really should be thinking about her self-preservation when she sees all those sidelong glances at her from the crew. But she has a point. First of all, she goes, are we going to pretend that everything that happened last night didn't happen? You guys almost killed Travis. And then Shauna turns it on Jackie, saying, well, he wasn't yours to have. And Jackie says, oh, yeah, Shauna? Well, I know what you would have been doing with Jeff. I know how you got pregnant. And eventually, Shauna just gets mad because she's like, oh, you read my diary? And Jackie's like, well, you're still the one who did the wrong thing first. So they both have a legitimate case to make here. But Jackie's the one who ends up kicked out of the cabin. She's definitely on the way out. Now, this intercuts with the class reunion where they mentioned that Jackie was the prom queen and she should be the one who's dancing with Jeff. But Shauna will dance in her place, which, of course, more salt in the wound for Shauna, who's remembering this interaction between her and Jackie. And we see Jackie out trying to start a fire. She's the one who's got kicked out. And we see a vision. I'm not sure if we're supposed to read this as a vision that Jackie has as she dies or that Shauna has, a nightmare she has, or both. But basically, it's the middle of the night and the door is opened. Shauna comes to get Jackie, brings her back inside. And this is when Jackie realizes, as everybody is friendly to her, even sees some of our dead castmates, that she is dying. Shauna wakes up in a start, looks out the window, and it has snowed overnight. And Jackie's fires out and Jackie has died in the cold. So now we know how Jackie died. And will she be eaten? Maybe. Don't waste that meat. Maybe she is the first. Also in flashback, interspersed here, we see that Travis is out looking for Javi, so we don't know where Javier is. And just to round things off, we see that Misty has been holding this fixer woman, this journalist slash fixer, has been held by Misty in her basement for quite some time. And Misty's decided to let her go. And stupidly, by the way, she asks Misty for those cigarettes, and she lets her leave. But she smokes a cigarette and kills her, or at least knocks her out. I would assume she's trying to kill her because just knocking her out temporarily is not going to help her in this circumstance. But why would she take those cigarettes, man? <laughs> no matter how bad you're jonesing for a cigarette, you never take a cigarette from Misty. I would never take, for sure. And she should know better. I also don't understand this weird way that Misty's doing this. If she had not gone with the cigarettes, if she had walked out and just done the right thing and just walked out the door and then bought some cigarettes, then she wouldn't have died. Misty's leaving a lot up to, to the chance that she would actually have to jones for a cigarette immediately after leaving and wouldn't just go and buy a new pack instead of being like, screw this, I'm not going to smoke these things. So that caveat aside, <laughs> a plot hole that I really don't think is necessary. And then we see that Jeff and Shauna are like close again. Something, they've done this terrible thing together. And somehow it's brought them together again. There's a funny scene where Shauna mentions that she'd like to have a cat. I think cats are underrated. Mm. Yeah. Well, I hope this cat behaves itself. And wind up in the chili pot. <laughs> Weirdo. Hey, what's up, Kokomo? What is happening right now? Why are you guys so friendly all of a sudden? What's happening here? 
And of course, they're waiting to see what the results of the election are, to see if Thais has won or not. And then the news comes up that Adam's missing. And at first you see like no reaction on the daughter's face, but they're kind of looking at her sideways going like, hmm, does she know who that is? Does she know what it is? But then like in that final shot, it seems like she's like, what the hell is going on? She does know who Adam is. The parents are a little too chummy now. Has some crazy toxic interactions like this happened before? Why is she so nonplussed by this? And then as the episode ends, we have seen Thaisa preparing to concede the election, but the results come in. It's close, but she wins. And simultaneously, her wife, who's not ready to make amends on the phone, is in the house just getting the last of things together and finds some crazy shrine with the son's doll and the head of the dog. The dog has been beheaded <laughs> and has put been put into... How big is this house, by the way? This is like a whole extra uh, area in the house. But apparently, this is not just sleepwalking. There's something way wrong with Thaisa. And uh, now she's about to be <laughs> elected to office. So problematic to say the least. And then at the very end of the episode, we see that poor Nat is about to kill herself. She's accepted the fact that maybe Travis just couldn't take it anymore. And maybe she can't take it anymore either. And just as she's about to pull the trigger, a bunch of cult members apparently jump in and they have the symbol around their necks. So this is not all in their heads. Something bigger is going on here, but it still remains to be seen whether this is something supernatural or not. We also find out in this last moment, as she has a missed call from that banker friend of hers, that Lottie was the one who emptied out his bank account. So Lottie has some kind of crazy cult of people who are following her. And are these some of the same survivors? Remains to be seen. And once again, is Lottie just a kook? Who's charismatic? Is she really having visions? And is there something even darker brewing out in those woods? And we end on what could be a coronation scene. We see that Lottie is in the woods making a sacrifice of the heart of the bear. And this is the moment where her cult begins, perhaps. So many questions for Sona. I have mixed opinions about this episode, but I will leave all of that, my final opinions, to my conversation with Sona, which will start right after this short break. The warmth of your hand and the cold gray sky It fades to the distance Okay, Sona, so we got to the finale. We sure did. The name of which. Yeah, I Googled it. Yeah. <laughs> As did I. As did I. I hate it when you have to Google the name, though. You know that. <laughs> I thought this one was very interesting, though, so I couldn't, uh, you know, fault it for that, at least. All right, so we're going to be discussing the finale. Sick Transit Gloria Mundi. Yep. Anything specifically in this episode you really liked, didn't like? If anything, I would say what I didn't like is it just didn't have a finale kind of yeah. feeling to it, mm -hmm. right? Like yep. it just felt like a regular episode, which is okay. Yep. I mean, it's not a tragedy, but it just didn't have that feeling of like building to something or resolving yep. something or I don't know, just, you know, that thing that keeps you hanging on to like, oh, I can't wait to see season two of this. I kind of felt like I could see season two of this. <laughs> right. I don't feel compelled to see season two of this. 
Yeah, I, I completely agree. I actually told uh, Kim the same thing. She asked me how it was because she's probably like two episodes behind now. She's actually been catching mm -hmm. up this whole time and she's been getting very into it. And then she asked me how it was. And I felt exactly the same way. I thought that this is like one of the best episodes they've had, but like mm -hmm. not satisfying as a finale because I would right. love, I would love this episode if I had another episode next week, but I don't want to wait a year for the next one. That's basically my opinion. Right. Season finale usually has some element of closure. And then, you know, with a, an additional mystery, and I feel like what you're implying there, we have more discoveries, more revelations about what we've already kind of assessed before, but there's really no closure on any of this. I mean, Let's, we found out uh, the Jackie situation, so there's that. Yes, good point. Yes, so we do yeah. know that Jackie died, and we know how she died. She's not the one who was stalked and murdered in the opening segment. So there's that. <laughs> it does imply concretely that we've kind of suspected for a while you know we now know that there's at least one more survivor lottie right yes and we know that there's like an origin of uh, of a cult there now the question i have and maybe this is a question we know maybe we'll start at the end and work our way backwards but uh when i got to the end i thought to myself are we seeing people who theoretically you know like jacques with the symbols inside the cabin etc is there a cult that existed that shock was part of so maybe is there going to be a culture in the, the woods that they're going to become part of and lottie becomes their leader or is lottie creating a cult right so theoretically a lot of these people we're seeing in this cult yeah. might even be survivors of you know the survivors we've already met and they're out and about doing whatever <laughs> nothing good apparently and uh you know and of course they may have even acquired additional followers along the way sure. i mean i think the show intentionally leaves it open-ended but do you have any specific feeling you know i hate the supernatural idea here but it feels like lottie has maybe tapped into something that is happening in the woods and then brings that home with her and my guess is that she acquired additional followers you know here's the thing you know, first of all, I hate the supernatural thing. I hate the idea that this is going towards like the others from Lost, right. that mm -hmm. kind of situation. Also, we haven't seen that much of Lottie. Yeah. And I don't mind her, but a cult leader is generally super charismatic. Right. And that's how you become a cult leader, right? So like people just love being around you so much and they'll do whatever you say. And I mean, I'm not getting that charisma from Lottie. <laughs> right. So, I mean, maybe I'm just being a little cynical here, but uh, I mean, obviously no one's in their right mind. They're all in a very stressful situation. It's not your typical like recruiting the suburban moms or whatever for a cult. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's not like your typical cult situation, I guess, but like, I, I don't know. It's just not working for me, that whole thing. I agree that the charisma thing's not working there. I think where she works, and not to criticize the actress, because I, you know, we haven't seen that much of her work yet. You know, they haven't used totally uh, agree. to maybe simultaneously criticize the way this is set up, but to give a little bit of credit is that I don't think she's really working on the charisma side, but I think they've done a good job of making her enigmatic and I think really what it comes down to is her visions, her predictions have come true. Because, I mean, I think most cults are, I mean, they may theoretically be based on something supernatural, but in practicality, they really are not in reality. Whereas here, maybe there really is something. Exactly. And that's what actually yeah. makes me suspect that there might be something else going on with her. It feels like the show is not saying that she is, you know, starting to spew some kind of religious 
mm-hmm. jargon and recruiting these girls to her. She's literally just saying stuff and then it happens the next day. And I think that is how she's going to build her cult. So, which makes me, tends to make me feel that this is probably going to lean into some kind of supernatural you know, direction. Yeah, which I don't love, right? So that's my own dilemma personally. I don't really mind the supernatural. I mean, uh, especially with a show like this, to be totally honest, if this was going to be like a standalone thing, I find it way more interesting that this is all like in their minds, like it's all psychological, that if there's some kind of closure to it. But if this is going to drag on for, for years, I can't imagine them having any kind of mystery that's unraveling when it's all like they're all just crazy it's like well how can you know how can you unravel that mystery for (laughs) multiple seasons it's just like okay well i think we've established that they're nuts and let's move on right well and maybe that's why i feel like i could watch season two but i don't have to watch season two (laughs) right because if if it goes more in that mystery direction you may not be uh, satisfied that is not my personal thing yeah. Got it. Got it. So I had something that I watched this weekend. I haven't finished watching it yet, but maybe it won't be a recommendation for you given that <laughs> turn. Mm-hmm. But we'll get to that later. So as far as the episode itself, I thought that, you know, there were pluses and minuses, but the the big one for me was I thought that uh, Christina Ricci as Misty, this is like a total great Misty uh, episode. Yes. <laughs> I love her pointers on disposing of the body. <laughs> a torso is useless. Duh. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, fair point, fair point. <laughs> exactly. It's like, oh, some pointers for all the sociopaths out there. Uh, I also liked uh, and loved Shauna's interaction with Randy at the reunion. Yes. <laughs> I like how she basically threads his life and then, uh, so you're mad, he says. <laughs> I mean... And, uh, When she means business, she means business. (laughs) (laughs) And everything she says, by the way, he may be taking her uh, metaphorically, but I think she's done all those things. So he should be a little more. (laughs) I agree. And then, of course, she ends it with, you know, her face kind of softens and she goes, you're a good friend. Because like, you know, she he did stand by Jeff, right? Jeff had this cockamamie plan and, you know, Randy did stand by him. So I guess Mm -hmm. it's got, you know, it's a double-edged sword. Mm -hmm. I like the redemption of Jackie right before (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she meets her end. I think they have been showing her bad side this whole time, right? Her shallowness and her preoccupation with high school things, even when they're fighting for their lives, theoretically. All of a sudden, right, this thing that happened with the mushrooms and the attack on Travis and and all of that has somehow snapped her into some sort of reality and perspective of how off the rails things have gotten and all of a sudden she's the voice of reason and everyone's just looking blankly at her like yes so what we almost killed this guy because we were all stoned out of our minds i don't know it was nice to have some redemption of her and her character and that like she does on some level have some idea of right and wrong wanting people to understand that like they are on the precipice of something that could be really, really ugly, even though that nobody wants to hear her. Right. Even as I was taking notes, they're starting to pivot into this kind of more pseudo-religious groupthink. You see that some people aren't comfortable with this. Like coach is kind of like looking around, but he's not saying anything. He's kind of saying, okay, you know, I don't, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to be on the outside of this. This could be dangerous. It already got dangerous last night. Mm-hmm. And she's just like sitting there with her arms crossed, being like, huh. Even at this moment, I'm like, this is probably the end for Jack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, even as that's happening, I'm thinking to myself that she's really not being smart, you know, how she's uh, 
playing her cards here. But then, like you said, she turns the tables on them and goes, wait a second. <laughs> Hang on a second. What happened yesterday exactly, you crazy people? <laughs> crazy people? And you're going to pretend it never happened? And I was like, oh, good point, Jackie. <laughs> Although, yeah, like you said, they don't want to hear it. <laughs> he did wasn't great, but compared to what these girls did, it was nothing. <laughs> right, right. Although they were all high. They were all high at the time. But uh, still, you know, yeah, that's, because, um, they don't seem disturbed by the fact yes. that they almost raped and murdered this guy. Right. 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 And they're just kind of like, eh, crap happens. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they don't want to really even acknowledge it. I mean, I'm sure we've all done things that we are embarrassed about when we're drunk or whatever. But like you do know in your head that you did something that was not great. Right. Like. <laughs> Right. And, you know, somebody is probably going to make you admit it had you like, you know, acted irrationally in some way. Someone's going to say, what the hell? You went off the rails last night and you're going to have to own that. And nobody is owning it. Right. So um, which just makes them more likely to, you know, have this spot in their heads that like, well, this isn't that bad because I was out of my mind on mushrooms. Like it just opens the door to like a slippery slope of permissiveness on things that are not okay i feel i think that the show is aware of that i think that interestingly uh, to your point i think that oftentimes especially when you're younger you're in a cir circumstance where you're definitely in the wrong but you probably won't you know in this case they're not going to admit it right so it's not right. even like they're just sudden, suddenly uh and there is you know the next morning when the snowstorm has come through there is that moment where you see not only Shauna, but everybody's kind of like, you know, upset that they allowed this to happen. And because I think at some fundamental level, there is some guilt that they were in the wrong, right? But yeah, it's too late. Jackie's yeah. done. The group thing has like taken over. Exactly. Yep. There are starting to be consequences for it. Um, and I also liked it, you know, apart from that, the argument between Shauna and Jackie, which was a long time coming about yes. their friendship and and what it is to each of them and how each of them feels about it. And that was like a lot of stuff that had been going unsaid that needed to be said um, and done in a very realistic yep. teenage girl way, I felt. So I like that also. Yeah, I literally wrote down that, you know, having that, seeing that conversation was very good. It was like one of the high points of the episode. And it made me think about my sister <laughs> conversation, <laughs> conversations she had, you know, had with her friends back in that time. Maybe think about, you know, that kind of time in your life when you kind of make some yes. not great decisions, let's say. And also maybe think about like, maybe worry because I have a daughter. <laughs> So like, yes. that's in the offing at some point. <laughs> uh, teenage girls are brutal, man. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, this is proof of it in this show, right? Um, <laughs> but what I was going to say uh, about that as well is I did think that that was very interesting to hear that conversation because it's something that the show maybe can explore even more in the future. I don't think it's really delved into it that much, but I do think that psychology of friendship when you're like a teenager and maybe specifically from a female perspective, even more so that it's this idea, exactly what's playing out between Shauna and Jackie, right? Shauna is calling out all these toxic dynamic between them, but Shauna, I'm sure until recently has happily participated because she mm -hmm. wanted to be in with the popular girl. Right. And Jackie, who is probably not being cruel to Shauna, she probably really does love Shauna, but the fact that she is, you know, has this entitlement that she gets to be alpha in the group. She's the queen bee, yeah. Exactly, and she just takes full advantage of that. And of course, I think this is what happens in many relationships. So I thought that Absolutely. was interesting. That it was well done, I thought. Yes. After disposing of the body, they all show up yeah. at- All cleaned up. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the needle drop where they they get slow motion, they all walk in together and they play You Gotta Keep Them Separated by, uh, uh-huh. which is not the name of that song, but I can't remember the name of that song by. Uh, I'll spring, yeah. But I was like, yeah, you got to keep these girls separated. You get it together. <laughs> they murder people. <laughs> they're murdering people. Yeah, exactly. It's like what they do when they're in a group. So yeah, at all costs, please keep these women separate. <laughs> I mean, to that point of them, like this is what they do when they get together. You know, Shauna even says that she, Natalie asks her if she knows what she's doing. She goes, yeah, it's just like riding like a sick bicycle. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> Disposing of Adam's body. Mm-hmm. Pretty grisly, by the way. This is probably as grisly as we've yeah. seen it, uh, you know, other than the... Um, the very first episode, obviously. Yeah. What did you think about Van and Ty's conversation in the past? You know, well, first of all, I thought who would be in their right mind after getting clawed by a wolf? Like, I, I mean, I think objectively speaking, Thaisa is on the right side of this, that yeah. like, you know, your face was torn off and you were attacked by a wolf. Like, who knows what your your mind can do during a time like that? Um, so I get where she's coming from, pleading the ground for Van, who you see right at the end being part of this mm-hmm. with Lottie, because there is something bigger out there in her mind. Possibly Taista, right? From what we see in the current day. Yeah. Going on, which was quite grim. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we definitely have to talk about that. So, I mean, definitely setting up the idea of, I mean, who knows at what point Thaisa came around to this idea of there being something out there. But apparently, um, at least on some level, I don't know if it's even consciously or subconsciously, but she she does believe something. So maybe this is the start of it, right? Yeah, I think that's really what we're seeing there at the end. Oh, and by the way, going back to the title, uh, not only is that, you know, Sick Transit Gloria Mundi, that's what the Pope says when he becomes the Pope, like as part of his, a part of the ceremony. Thus passes the glory of the world. Right. So it's, uh, it, you can read that as the end of the world, like the world will end at some point, but it's also for the, you know, for the the Pope. It's the Pope, his, um, like relinquishing, you know, worldly things beyond that it's also i think it's the fact that you know he's being made into a pope so i think we're also seeing that this is lottie in this episode becoming like the you know cult leader right she this is her becoming like uh, whether it's something that she, is she being chosen for this or once again is she just uh you know someone who may or may not have this uh skill and is just uh um power power hungry <laughs> it's, it remains to be seen right mm-hmm. so let's go back to what you said about ty in the present day uh, so first of all, how big is this house? Like there's this very, very large area that apparently is not being explored here. Well, in fairness, I don't like to spend much time in the basement. These <laughs> 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 um, uh, New Jersey basements do have a sketchy feeling with them, right? So, like, <laughs> but that was like it looks like it's like a grating, and then beyond the grating, there's a you know you definitely have like duct work inside of a. But yeah. it looks like that part of the house. And maybe this is what it turns out to be. It doesn't look like this is just a normal duct in the house. It looks like that is a whole section of the house that is walled off, made to look like a duct. Because then you can like stand up in there. I mean, it's like a 10-foot ceiling in there. It's crazy. No, That's like, that, that was very strange. When I saw it, I thought it was like some sort of fireplace in the basement. Yeah. Like, that didn't make much sense. And then, yeah, when she started climbing in, I expected her to be in some sort of a duct. like. Right. She was going to have to be on her stomach. You know, I was kind of like, wow, this lady is not claustrophobic if she's going to climb in there. But then, yeah, it ends up being a whole other room. So I do agree that is very, very weird. And also, 
no matter how little you go in the basement, at least when you moved in, right? Wouldn't you exactly notice at that point when the house is empty, you'd kind of be like, what is that about? Unless you just never open the grate because you're afraid there's going to be creatures in there, which I could see myself doing. Yeah, that's why I mean, like, unless this is like some kind of <laughs> design mistake by the, the set decorators, that um, that it's like something intentional there, that that whole area of the house is walled off intentionally. I, I'm sure they didn't do it on purpose. It's probably was there before. But yeah. uh, it makes it seem I, that way, right? Like, in other words, if yeah. I was in the, like you said, if I was in the basement and I saw a duct, I wouldn't climb in there unless there was some problem mm -hmm. with it. But uh, yeah. to walk, to, to open it up, assuming that there's a duct in there and also being like, wait, there's, what, why is there this blood stain here? Let me open this up and probably thinking you're going to stick your head in and see something like a dead rat or something inside the duct and then find a whole other part of the house. You're like, what the hell is going on? And maybe that's the intention of, that she's having this experience. And of course, what she finds is really grim, like the beheading of it. I mean, this is serious stuff. Oh, that poor puppy. Like, I just, I, I'm not even a dog person, but that was rough. Rough. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> rough, rough. So um, my question to you is, do you think that Thaisa, this is all her work? Or do you think are these zealots doing some of this? So Thaisa definitely has her night terror. She has her dirt eating and, you know, her sleepwalking. So we know that happens when she's stressed out. She's aware of this, right? And uh, we've seen it when she's younger, that this even happened before the plane crash but of course very stressful when she's you know in the plane crash and now stressful again when all these things are coming back into the light but do you think that she's done all of this that she's like going around murdering dogs in her during her sleepwalk which would imply maybe some kind of evil spirit or do you think that you know maybe these zealots have been holed up in her house like living in there and they are doing some of the stuff like painting you know spill on the you know, outside uh, to to mess with her you know maybe this is lottie controlling them or, or, you know, having them do some of these things. What do you um, It had not occurred to me that it could be anyone except her. Um, so I had just assumed that she was doing it all on her own. And I, yesterday, uh, not yesterday, last week, you were the one that raised the idea that she murdered the dog. So you thought she was capable of it last week. You know what? The only reason I've pivoted away from that is that I'm not thinking about it from the point of view of what they've shown us. Cause I think they definitely want to lead us to believe that I'm just thinking about it from the perspective of the, of the show, like if she becomes some kind of, uh, you know, zombie monster that, <laughs> and she's keeping the secret from them, then, uh, you know, I mean, I guess you could do something interesting with that, but I, I will find like, you know, there's a the relatively small group of characters we're following from week to week. And I think that this is, you know, making one of them a, a, a you know, a, a sleepwalking uh, zombie psychopath it would be problematic, I think, for the show, but, uh, but maybe not. Maybe, you know, she is like almost like a sleeper agent, no pun intended. And uh, or maybe pun intended, maybe that's part of the the mechanics of next season. I, it just seemed like it's a lot to try to fit into the show. I feel like it could work. <laughs> <laughs> it's all crazy. I can only imagine what is her wife about to do right now when she makes a discovery and she oh just won this God. election. Like, what's going to happen now? Like, that's that's yeah. a crazy circumstance to be in. Well, the. I don't know if I'm reading into it too much, but it did seem like there was some evil look that passed across Ty's face when she won the election, no? Uh, they definitely imply, especially cutting from like you know, the beheaded dog to that face, right. you know, that you are, um, you know, concerned that, uh, especially, by the way, especially if she's doing this without any knowledge of it herself, because she, that basically means that she could be the most loving wife in the world and murder her spouse in the middle of the night because she's right. completely unaware of what she's doing. I mean, kind of seems like that's what she was worried would happen. And that's why she ordered them to get out of the house, right? Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. So in that way, it would support that she is 
subconsciously doing things and she knows on some level that something really bad's happening. You're absolutely right. That if she's telling them you have to leave right now, we don't know what her history is with these episodes. So right. maybe she knows she's dangerous in these circumstances. Yes. So you might you make a good point. My biggest irritation with this episode was Misty releasing her prisoner to only then go and do you think she killed her with those cigarettes? Or do you think that she's oh, just now, yeah, yeah. what I think is crazy about that, you know, if Missy's going to kill her, then Missy should just kill her, <laughs> you know, instead of being like, I'm going to let her go and maybe she'll take the cigarettes or maybe not. Like I, that whole thing was just bizarre. It was like a real confidence in the yes. behavior of a smoker yeah. that she was going to notice that the cigarettes were gone before she left the house. Right. And tell her to retrieve them. I think I personally would be so excited to get out of that house. I'd be like, screw yep. it. I'll go to 7-Eleven. Exactly. But we just get the hell out of here. So that, that was my irritation was a honestly, you know, I was a smoker. If I have not smoked for weeks, I probably would be over my addiction. That's the first thing. <laughs> and second of all was that, you know, even to that point, exactly like you said, I am not eating. <laughs> or smoking right. or anything this woman gives me unless I absolutely have to, like in the circumstance of like, you know, you're in her house, you have to, uh, but that, that still doesn't make sense because she could have easily poisoned her with the tea. She literally gave her tea like that morning. So she could have poisoned her then, you know, with something that was more slow acting uh, to, to, you know, before she left the house. And what's the point of letting her drive into the out uh, to, to die? Like, I don't understand. Well, now she doesn't have to get rid of the body. Right. But then they're going to be, there's going to be questions if this woman is out in, you know, with her car, that her car has been parked in front of Misty's house for weeks. And yeah. uh, like speaking of suburban New Jersey, like how did she not get a ticket or get towed or like, <laughs> exactly. Like in our neighborhood growing up, we got plenty of tickets just because someone stayed at the house past 2 a.m. We'd get a ticket. Like, I don't know. That's why I wonder. It, at first, I was like, this is really, really stupid. But then uh, in retrospect, I'm thinking, did she do something else? Did she give her, you know, like some crazy hallucinogenic or something, let's say, and she's going to end up being under observation. And then she's going to have all this story to tell about how she was abducted. And they're going to be like, this woman's crazy, right? So I, I wonder if this is not a murder because, I mean, I definitely felt at first she definitely killed her. But then I'm like, why? Well, she could have killed her <laughs> 15 times over. She could have just left her in the basement and let her die down there and fed her to her yeah. cat. She's a cat. Again, she's, she's a bird. Trouble of disturbing, of disposing of the body. I mean, and not only that, she could have easily killed her now if she wanted to and then called the girls up and been like, you're going to go and dispose of this body for me too. And they'd be like, no, we're not. And she's like, yes, you are because I just did it for you. You're going to do it for me, right. period, right? So right. none of this makes sense that she actually killed her. And like I said, to have her literally drive away from her house, three blocks away, and the cops are going to show up and be like, where did this car come from? I obviously came from up the street. And then they'll start like, whatever, knocking on doors. And they'll be like, yeah, that car was parked uh, two blocks away for like two two months. <laughs> I guess right. it's only been it's only been days, actually, has not been. Yeah, I don't think it's still. <laughs> I mean, when you consider we have an election and then, you know, they had Halloween there at the beginning of this episode and the beginning of the show. This has literally been like two weeks that this show has been on. Yeah. So, just like Dexter, two weeks. <laughs> Mm -hmm. You know how suburban neighborhoods are. If there's a car parked in front of someone's house for two weeks, everyone yeah. in the neighborhood knows about it. So. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we literally have someone moved in just recently. We know their car. They have a Tesla. There's a Mercedes SUV that's parked there on the weekends. So we know mm -hmm. exactly when the boyfriend's over <laughs> because we see the car. So it's like, it's the, ch it's the chatter of the neighborhood. You know, we, exactly. we have, we have nothing else to talk about. So I really that's find exactly it. <laughs> how it works. <laughs>
two things I wanted to talk about still. And this is all about the reunion. One is I loved, uh, was it Allie? <laughs> I love, you know, it's such, just such a yeah. specific representation, first of all, of her with that very Italian accent. I think we know people yeah. like that. Although it's, <laughs> it's, it's more of a caricature, but there definitely is, uh, we yeah. know who, what the kind of character it is of, I should say. Yeah. And the second thing is I just love that type of character in general, in real life, where she's like, we went through this trauma and she's yeah. making it all about her her trauma. It's yeah. just like, yeah, you went through this trauma. Sure, sure. Right. And then that montage with uh, the Enya song playing, which was like so 90s. Yes. Which is crazy that you would do that, right? Like think about how traumatic this is to these survivors. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, one more question I have for you because we didn't see anybody at the reunion. I was actually expecting one of the twists would be we would see some of these additional survivors at, I'm sorry, at the reunion. I'm surprised that they didn't have that. So my question to you is, do you still think there are more survivors than we're seeing here? Obviously, including Lottie, but nice. anybody else that hasn't been called out here's the thing on the one hand you could say well they weren't at the reunion on the other hand you know if i survived that i'm like you know if coach or something i'd be like i'm not i'm not going with that freaking reunion <laughs> thank exactly. you for sure yeah i feel like there are more what do you think i'm yeah i'm pretty sure they have to right they're going to open this up and i think that they intentionally you know because once again we don't know if there's, they didn't know probably at the time whether there was going to be a season two etc like why cast these people to intentionally leave things vague and then yeah. let's say you introduce a bunch of actors in the last episode. Now you have to like re-sign those actors. In this case, they can literally just introduce a whole batch of new people next season and we won't even know who, who they are. I, I definitely think that that's going to be the case. And it's very easy, like I said, to be like, i surprised you didn't go to the reunion. And the person would just be like, what are you talking about? It's the last thing I want to do, right? Yeah. And there's a very <laughs> convenient way to like not have to bring them into the show th too early, right? Agree. Plus, I, you know, at my gut, I actually think some of these people who were followers, like Van, for example, I would not be surprised at all to find out that Van is alive and Agreed. in Lottie's camp, right? Yeah. Where is Javi, though? Yes. I don't know. And we see all three of those pictures in the frame in the... Yeah. But does that mean that he died? Or does that mean that they're just, you know, because would they have put... Live until very recently. So I... Yeah. I don't think it means that he died, but but where is he? Yeah, I felt the same way. It's like I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, is that a memorial, like a shrine? But I'm like, exactly that. It's like, well, Travis just yeah. died, so it'd be re weird right. that they were like, make sure we put Travis's picture in there before the reunion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just seems, yeah. Oh, what did you think about the bear? I mean, we totally passed that. I mean, this is one of the things that kind of like, <laughs> not only is the bear like the sacrifice that you know the heart of the bear is the first sacrifice that's going to go to this like woodland. Right god whatever it is like how strange was that i mean it could just be a sick bear but uh lottie's behavior and also the fact that lottie was you know confident that there was they were not going to be hungry for long then again that's very vague too and that you know the way she described that so i don't know much about bears but it did not seem to be very bear-like behavior <laughs> no <right>? definitely not <laughs> um, <laughs> so but like what are the options here the bear was sick the bear was possessed yeah I mean, I don't know. I, I don't like any of the alternatives. Like this, <laughs> where, like I get turned off from the whole situation. If I mean, you think I it's supernatural, it turns you off. Yeah, I understand the point you're making about just story construction and what is more viable. I get it, but it's just again, like it's just not my personal thing. Right. I would rather the bear was acting like a bear. So. <laughs> right. Uh, but then she wouldn't have had a much of much fighting chance. I can't imagine like uh, her out there you know, fighting the, the the bear with a knife and taking it down. Then she she really should be like, you know, a warrior goddess at that point. 
hey, like just 24 hours later, now they can eat Jackie. So, I mean, <laughs> right. right? Like either way. And they I mean, can, I mean, they can store her away if the, if the snow stays, they, you know, they have, a, they can refrigerate her too. Yeah, sure. Oh, I was going to ask you that too. I, I mean, do you think they would be willing to, you know, they just killed a bear, they have plenty of meat around. Are they going to eat Jackie or what do you think? Is that going to be? Right, they'll get high on some more mushrooms and they'll eat Jackie. <laughs> Why not? Don't want to waste that meat. It's a long winter. I mean, this is the whole, right, that soccer team in the Andes. Right. Like, that's how it happened for them, is that people happened to die, and then... But they didn't have a bear around that they, they could eat. Yeah, I mean, that bear should last a long time, right? Yeah, it's a lot of meat. Yeah. So. Oh, and one more thing was, I like the whole sequence towards the end of the episode. <laughs> Jeff and uh, Shauna have, like, bonded over this murder now, and uh, they're making jokes about, you know, uh, that cat better stay on your good side, or he's going to end up inside the stool. Yeah. It's crazy, yeah. It's... And then the daughter shows up and she's like, what's going on? <laughs> no, and right, she sees that Adam is yeah. missing. Yeah. And she's kind of like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I love that whole like tableau at the end. Jeff is awkwardly, because he knows who Adam is too. I'm sure Shauna kind of was all out saying like, you know, uh, that the daughter met him at this uh, Halloween party, etc. I mean, I'm sure that's all out on the table now. It's interesting, like, you know, he's kind of like, oh, hey, and you kind of see him looking sideways at the daughter. And the daughter's just kind of staring at the screen, but you know, she's thinking like, what the hell's going on? And, uh, you know, Shauna comes out and is like, oh, here's some popcorn. But, you know, it's like kind yeah. of like an awkward interaction. So the whole thing is like very, very strange. Yeah. A little awkward, a little more awkward family tension. A little bit. Oh, jeez. Anything you've seen? I've seen a whole bunch of things. So I have some things I can talk to you about. Uh, I have not seen much because I've been uh, trying to catch up on all the stuff I neglected while I wasn't feeling well. So, yeah, you go ahead. Let's hear it. Well, one is Scream. I know you're interested in that yes. one. Yes. So yeah, I saw the Scream movie this weekend. I dropped the review. So if, if anyone wants to hear a full review, which includes spoilers, by the way, check out our most recent episode. And in that same episode, Sona and I talk about, uh, she had just recently rewatched Scream 1 and 2, the original Scream 1 and 2. This one's called Scream 2 also. <laughs> I almost said Scream 2, just to confuse things even further. <laughs> this is also called Just Scream, but it's not the original Scream. Sona had originally seen the 1996 25-year anniversary Scream and its sequel uh, from 97. Speaking of the 90s, by the way, look, look at this 90s renaissance, 25th anniversary of Scream, 25th anniversary of, you know, of this class reunion in Yellow Jackets. Yeah. The 90s are coming back. That's right. And uh, and I also something something else, which I'll touch on briefly, which is a show called Archive 81 or Archive 18. I forget what it's called. It's on Netflix. It's a horror uh, show. That just dropped this week and it also takes place in the 90s so there you go 90s all that one. Oh, i wanted to i'll recommend it to you maybe you'll be curious about it i it's interesting enough to watch <laughs> it's my opinion okay. but uh anyway so with scream i i loved it i thought it was great i thought it's definitely the best of the sequels I had a lot of fun with it i thought, thought it was really good i i would say you know if you if you don't like slash movies if you don't like scream at all this is not going to convert anybody i really doubt it but mm -hmm. I think if you are a fan of the series and, you know, like I said, I am an apologist, even for the worst of them, I find them mildly entertaining, like total comfort watch. I can put on Scream 3 even, which is my least favorite of them all, and just put it on and it's fine. I enjoy the mystery aspect of it. I enjoy the jokes and like the little meta commentary. I enjoy all that stuff. This Scream is the best of all the sequels. So it's definitely worth watching if you are a Scream. Good to know. Yeah. So the other thing I was going to recommend uh, or mention, I, I, I'll recommend it too, is... um also takes place in the 90s. It's called Archive 81. Mm -hmm. It's on Netflix. It's a horror series. 
It's only eight episodes long. It is based on a podcast, rough, loosely based on a podcast, which I know nothing about this podcast, by the way. But uh, And James Wan, the guy who recently made Malevolent, the crazy, crazy Malevolent movie. And uh, he's very successful. He made like the Aquaman movie. He made the Saw movies uh, originally. He's made a lot of um, horror movies. And, you know, he's gotten mainstream as well. He made one of the Fast and Furious movies. So he has been very successful, but he still has his fingers in horror content and he has this uh, archive 81 show which he's producing this show is just enough interesting enough for me to follow through and what's interesting about it is that you know he just made malevolent which if anyone's seen that i don't think it's a good movie by the way but it is one of the best movie going experiences you can watch it's available on hbo max i do recommend it it is one of the craziest most absolutely crazy in your face every five minutes something absolutely bananas is happening in that <laughs> movie and this show is the exact opposite, but it made very watch. It made it very watchable for me. This, the lead actor, Mamadou Athi, who's been in a bunch of things recently. I think he's like kind of an up and comer. He's actually going to be in some big movies coming up um, soon. Interesting performer. There's something not like very traditional in the way that he performs, but it is compelling in its own way. However, there's also a, a female protagonist. He's restoring videotapes from 1994 who were taken by this other actress whose character played uh, called Melody. And the actress is Dina Shahabi, who is this woman. And he's restoring these videotapes. So there's this mystery occurring where he's in the present day and he starts finding out that his history is intertwined with the history in these tapes, which makes this kind of interesting parallel story going on. And uh, it gets kind of weird and metaphysical and I haven't finished it, but I'm very, very close to the end. I don't think it's great, but just the fact that it's this kind of almost this creepy tone to it and him restoring these videotapes and making these kind of discoveries of this mystery and the ongoing mystery. It's like every episode, they add another layer to this mystery. It made it very compelling to watch, even though it's probably not great, a fun watch in its own way. It's the exact opposite of male Malevolent. It is not like full of crazy twists and uh, gore and uh, all this nuttiness. It's actually more about this kind of sustained mystery. But I did think it was interesting. But to that point, I would almost recommend it for you, Sona, because I think it's the type of thing that you might find compelling to watch, even though you may not land it in, in the end. Yeah, the finale might. But it does go in a supernatural direction. That's why it might be the only turnoff for you. But I would still recommend you should you should give it a shot and like listen, watch the first couple episodes and see if you get drawn in because I do like a mystery and I did think it's mystery mm. kept me intrigued as it went along. And that's the other thing I watched. And one more thing, so many things. I cannot believe this is January and so many things dropped this week, just this week that I wanted to talk about. And the last thing I watched is the new Denzel Washington Macbeth movie, which uh, the Coen brothers or one, one of the Coen brothers directed, uh, Joel Coen and starring Denzel Washington as Macbeth and Lady Macbeth is played by Frances McDormand, who's Joel Cohen's wife. They both give great performances. It's really, really incredible visuals. It's stagey and simultaneously uh, very cinematic. And uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's very interesting, uh, just stylistically, very interesting to look. And uh, and that's it's been in theaters since Christmas, but it is now available on Apple Plus. So anybody who has Apple, you guys can watch that. And I do highly recommend that, especially if you are a fan of the Macbeth play. Uh, you know, definitely an interesting uh, version of that for sure. Hmm. I know Joel is a Denzel fan, so maybe something for you guys to track down. Yeah, for sure. So that is it. Um, did you have a, the only last thing I wanted to talk about possibly is, did you have any um, follow-ups on Dexter? Anything, any? Uh... Well, I did not, but uh, 
I actually just watched it again yesterday because my husband was watching it mm-hmm. and he was quite dissatisfied. <laughs> yes. Well, maybe, you know, let, maybe we'll talk about that real quickly. That the first thing I find fascinating is that, and I think I, I don't know if I mentioned this in one of the previous recaps or not, but the fan reaction has been horrible, horrible to this episode. You know, as bad, <laughs> as bad as the reaction was to the first Dexter finale, this one's even worse. And people are, uh, for example, they are trying to continue this new blood, quote unquote, is Harrison, right? With Dexter in there as ghost Dexter or some other, but that's the plan right now. And everyone's basically saying like, I will not watch a show with Harrison. Right. Oh, and the uh, last thing I want to mention, we've been wanting to mention it to you multiple times, but I had done the research and indeed, according to all the message boards, and I've done my own research to verify this, Dexter did not use ketamine in original recipe Dexter. He used M99, which is also an animal tranquilizer. So I do not understand how these writers made this mistake. And I don't know if it's just laziness or what it is, because how do you get this so wrong where you could easily have used M99, another animal tranquilizer, and it could be still available from the vet. Mm-hmm. And then to be like, well, yeah, it's just another animal tranquilizer. And this is, it's probably more commonplace nowadays. So that makes uh, more sense. But then for it to be like the linchpin of, you know, literally she types in ketamine and Bay Harbor Butcher, and that's what comes up. And it's like, there is no ketamine <laughs> in those murders. So what, what is going on? Like what, what a stupid self-inflicted <laughs> wound. Really weird inconsistency issue there. Yeah, really weird. Long story short, I was pretty unsatisfied with the Dexter finale. Most people are. And I don't know if they're going to be able to keep this thing alive. <laughs> you know, I think they're going to try to because they had a hugely successful ratings wise um, show. I mean, just so people, if anyone's unaware, this was the biggest ratings for any Showtime show in history, any season of any show. And that included, so I, I'm hard pressed to believe they're not going to try to make a Harrison show. Uh, even if they get a quarter of that audience, it's probably a hit for them. So I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm pretty not, but I'm pretty certain I'm not. Let's just say that. <laughs> Unless they do do a crossover with you, then I might just watch both shows out of curiosity. <laughs> By the way, one of the executive producers on this new Dexter show is also one of the executive producers on the You Show. So there you go. <laughs> shared shared DNA right there. <laughs> and he is heading to California. So, hey, you never know. Oh, but for next week, we'll be doing a preview of our next binge watch the after party on apple plus and we'll also talk about how you could watch this thing if you don't have apple plus or maybe you have apple plus and don't realize it etc so <laughs> how can you watch the show and a little bit about the show itself for that after party which is coming on the 28th and we'll talk to you soon